0: Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good morning good afternoon and good evening, wherever and however that applies. May that greeting find you blessed, encouraged, and truly experiencing the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I am sitting on the back of my deck, soaking up the sun here in southern Indiana. I am refraining from singing, sitting on the dock of the bay. But I'm... uh, so I'm just soaking up the sun. It's a beautiful 50 degree something day sun and just enjoying the creation. But really just uh, worshiping the Lord a little bit and, and having the blessing and the privilege of leading us in this podcast this week as we continue to find the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh in the Old Testament. And uh, this one's a good one. They all are good ones. Come on. there. It's the Word of God. It's all good. So we uh, hope and pray that this will find you uh, blessed, but also hope and pray this will challenge you, encourage you, convince you, and convict you wherever that needs to happen. Pray always that these are transformative, and uh, just trust and pray the Holy Spirit will do a good and mighty work. We love you guys. Thank you so much for the support. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for those listening, and thanks for uh, spreading the word. If if you think if you've been blessed by this podcast. And you know someone else wants to kind of jump in to, again, our study right now is finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the Ruach HaKadosh, the Spirit of Holy or the Spirit of the Holy One. Then we'd love if you passed it on and uh, share that with others because we really do want folks just to really, that's the heart, the heart, the heart of this podcast, the heart of the ministry at the Joshua Center is to help people truly cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And to experience his power. So that is truly what we want. So uh, we, we hope and pray that you are blessed and continue to share these as you feel led to bless others. So, all right, I'm gonna pray. We're gonna jump right into first Kings 22. It's the last chapter of First Kings, and it's it's a doozy. It's good. It, we we discover as I was studying for it and reading through it again. Of course, I've read through read through the Bible many times and I've studied this passage, but probably haven't done deep study on this. Let me say it this way. I've, I did my first study of First Kings 22, probably back in seminary. And that's been, goodness, 20 years ago plus. Uh, went to Asbury Theological Seminary in 1998. February was the first class and then graduated in 2001, I believe. So it has been, what, 22, 23 years since I've been in seminary. And it has been I remember in seminary studying this passage and studying about Micaiah. That's going to be our, our, our man of the day, our man of the hour is Micaiah. It's going to be good. So let's pray. We'll jump right into it. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you. I personally thank you for sitting out in February the 14th, actually, Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday. I am sitting out on the back of my deck in uh, some shorts and a sweatshirt soaking up the sun. I'm blessed. I am blessed. So I thank you and praise you for that. I also thank you and praise you for this podcast, the, the, the joy of getting to do it. I know it drives me into the Word even deeper, and I love, love, love engaging in the Word of God with other people. That's one of my favorite things I get to do, and I am blessed to do that. Thank you for the Joshua Center. What an incredible ministry. We are confident your hand is upon that ministry. And I am just grateful that I get to be a part of that. Truly, it's, it's, it's amazing watching you work, Lord, in, the, in and through the Joshua Center, a training center, to raise up leaders who are fueled by the Holy Spirit, determined to change the culture, to advance the kingdom of God. So we ask and pray, Lord, that you will help us all be courageous in how we defend the Word of God, and gracious in how we love people and how we love you. So thank you for this story. We ask and pray. Holy Spirit... You are the inspirer of the Word of God. So we ask and pray that you will be the applier of the Word of God. From inspirer to applier. Apply this word to us today. We ask and pray. In Jesus, your holy and mighty and loving name. Amen and amen. All right, let's go. First Kings 22. Let's start right at the top. For three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah... Went to visit King Ahab of Israel. So, just make sure you understand: uh, divided kingdom, right? The northern kingdom was called Israel. The southern kingdom was called Judah. And so, the only king to have ever have consolidated the kingdoms to make them one was King David, right? And the only other king who's going to bring such unity to that area is going to be who? Yep. King Jesus. So uh, that's why we've had fighting for eons and eons, and we always will until Jesus returns. So uh, he is the prince of peace after all. So uh, verse 3, During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, Did you realize that the town of Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us? And yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram. So uh, you got to kind of do a little research here to know back in First Kings, I believe it was First Kings 20. So a couple of verses, a couple of chapters earlier, uh, the king of Syria promised to return certain cities to Israel in exchange for leniency after defeat in battle. But apparently uh, this was one city that Ben-Hadad, uh, which was the king of uh, Syria, uh, never did return to Israel. So there, and, it, and it's a, and pretty important strategically when you look at the map. Um, uh, Ramoth uh, Ramoth Gilead um, is is uh, was a strategically important location. So again, Jehovah, Jehovah, uh, Ahab is saying, Did did we not get that back? And so in verse four, then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth Gilead? So Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. So uh, if you go all the way into this chapter, you will see uh, a little bit of a kind of a biography, if you will, of Jehoshaphat. Uh, He rules in Judah for this long and that long. And, And in verse 43, all the way at the end, if you just go there real quick, it says, Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the example of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Now, now, that's good, right? That's good. But unfortunately, um, there there are some things that, but maybe he didn't do, uh, and it, you see that in the very next verse, in verse uh, or the very next sentence. During his reign, however, see, listen, you don't want a however at the end of your name when it's serving God. You don't want a but at the end of your name when it's serving God. You don't, not, not a negative but. You don't want. Well, he, yeah, he he did everything that the Lord said. She did everything the Lord said. However, oh you don't want that. You don't want the you don't want the south end of that butt or the south end of that however, because the however here says he failed to remove all the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incenses there. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. Now at that point the king of Israel was, we know, is was what? Ahab. So Ahab and Jehoshaphat. You see this alliance, right? Ugh. And I get, you know, this is what my, you know, sometimes we want to talk about having, you know, being pe- at peace with everyone. Well, be careful that peace is at the expense of holiness. Be careful that peace is at the expense of the character of God, even. Be careful that peace is at the expense of bad partnerships and even unholy ones. Uh, Jehoshaphat goes down in history as a good king. That's what it says. However, it says, he continued, he, he failed to tear down pagan shrines. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because he had partnership with Ahab. Got that? So again, uh, be careful. You, uh, I've told my church many a time, we write our eulogy and we d- define our legacy now. Right now, right here, right now, today, whatever day you're listening to, whatever morning, afternoon, evening you're listening to this, you and I, we define our legacy. We determine our eulogy now, right here, Okay. And so be careful with uh, how we partner. Uh, partnerships are important. Partnerships are critical. Partnerships are dangerous if they're wrong partnerships. All right? All right. So look what he says in verse 5, Jehoshaphat adds. But first, let's find out what the Lord says. Praise God. Praise God somebody has got some spiritual sense to them. Uh, it ain't Ahab at this point. Uh, Ahab's married to Jezebel and, you know, all that story with uh, the uh, 450. 450, 850 uh, prophets of, of Baal and Asherah and all that. So you know all that. But so here's Jehoshaphat, praise God, saying, how about we How about we ask of the Lord? Praise be the God. So verse six, so the king of Israel, which is Ahab, summoned the prophets, about 400 of them, and asked them, should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? <laughs> Can we say people pleaser? They all replied, yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. Now, Jehoshaphat, Micaiah, is the man of the hour here in just a few minutes. But praise God for Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat again. There's a however to his name. We, I, I I wish that wasn't the case. But you know, uh, I'm I'm doing my best right now in my life to make sure there's no howevers in my life. So I can't be sitting in judgment at all. But I do know that Jehoshaphat. Praise God. Jehoshaphat was a man of God. He was after God's own heart in some sense. He really was, and and I think he wanted to do the right thing because he says this. He says after after this kind of this uh this this made up answer from the other prophets. Yeah, go ahead. The king. The Lord will give the king victory. And by this says it says they all replied. So that would be 400 voices in unison. But verse 7, Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not a prophet? Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? <laughs> we should ask him the same questions. Now, so two things. There's a little bit of a kind of a, a trash talk here because these were the prophets quote of the Lord. However, we also know that they were prophets probably of Baal and our Assurah. So um so Jehoshaphat saying, Can we find somebody that's actually has an ear to the Lord's heart and mouth and, and, and has a has an ear toward heaven? Can we find that person? So I love this. Look at this. This is where Micaiah walks in. Verse 8. Don't you love this reputation? The king of Israel, again, Ahab, replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us. <laughs> but I hate him. <laughs> I love this part, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Exclamation part, point. His name is Micaiah, son of Emmaiah Micaiah, come on. Somebody say Micaiah. Somebody say it like with like fervor and passion. Somebody say it like he's the man of the hour. Micaiah, come on. I want to be Micaiah when I grow up. So he says. He says, I don't, I hate him. He never prophesies anything good for me, basically, is the reverse of that. He prophesies nothing but trouble, and he never prophesies anything good. Well, Jehoshaphat, or, or Ahab, here's the problem. If you want God to say nothing but good about you, and you never want to hear the truth, even if it's bad, then guess what? You're going to hate a real prophet of God. You're going to hate the voice of God. You're going to hate the Word of God. Our culture hates the Word of God. There, I said it. Our culture hates the Word of God. The Word of God speaks truth. The Word of God does not hold back. The the Word of God does not patty cake, whitewash. The Word of God does not make excuse for sin, acknowledges sin, prays God, gives a remedy for sin. But there's only one remedy. It's the blood of Jesus, applied by the Holy Spirit. And there's only one remedy person who supplied that blood, Jesus. And praise God, because of that, there is now one way to heaven. That's it. That's the gospel. So the culture hates the word of God, just like, listen, listen, just like Ahab hated Micaiah. Micaiah represents the spirit of God. You'll see that very clearly here in just a moment. Ahab represents the culture. Just like any other culture, just like the cultures for eons and eons and centuries and centuries. And I hope and pray that you and I, we resonate more with Micaiah, much more than the culture. We don't want to hate what the Spirit of God has to say. We don't have to like it. There's lots of things I don't like in the Bible. Judges is my least favorite book. Come on, I just don't like the book of Judges. When I read a book of the Bible where uh, a priest cuts up a prostitute in 12 pieces and parcel post UPS's ships are out what can brown do for you all over all of Israel as a, as a as a as a warning man I just don't like that book I don't like the book of I don't like the book of judges but I believe it's true and I embrace its principles and I embrace its its teachings so just make sure that we are in the right camp here we're, we're nowhere nowhere near the camp of Ahab which represents the culture of the day and, but we are in the camp of Micaiah all right so, uh, Joseph, Joseph, Jehoshaphat, again, the second man of the hour, replies, that's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> so, he kind of, so King Jehoshaphat of Judah kind of rebukes and re, re, reproofs, uh, re, rebukes and, and kind of sets Ahab straight and says, that's not how you should be talking about a man that might actually speak to the truth. So, the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, quick, bring Micaiah, son of Amiah. And so, Ahab calls him out. Here we go. Verse 10, King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Get this picture. I love how the the writer of Kings really kind of paints this picture. I love it. Uh, they're, They're sitting there dressed in their royal robes, sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of him. So you got these 400 prophets at the, who already said, oh, you should go, you should go. And they're just still in his ear. You should go, 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 right? But one, And one of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenea, made some iron horns and proclaimed, this is what the Lord says. With these horns, you will gore the Arameans to death. So here's Zedekiah. He's going to play a part in this in just a few minutes. Zedekiah is making a pretty big show, making uh, uh, horns, like iron horns, and saying, here, grab these. And now this is how we're going to gore the Arameans. So on point he somehow somewhere during that all pro, this whole process you notice the scene just 400 prophets right there at the town gate Samaria's gate you've got all the people there watching big big scene huge scene dramas unfolding you've got the kings there together you've got uh, Zedekiah making uh, maybe elic- uh, soliciting a iron uh, uh, an ironsmith a, a maker of iron to say hey uh, come out and make these horns for me really quick and so even like during that whole process as he's making these, having these horns made, it sounds like, comes out, grabs these horns and says, this is how we're going to gore and the Arameans to death. It's false prophecy. It's, I've said before, guys, there's a difference between wrong prophecy and, and false prophecy. There's a difference between a wrong prophet and a false prophet. A wrong prophet simply prophesies and realizes, oh, I'm wrong, and repents. A false prophet is one who is wrong and and doesn't realize they're wrong because they're being led by a deceptive spirit. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. And or they don't care. They're going to push and push and push and push for their prophecy, even though it's not from the Lord. I've had people, my goodness, we've had such dingbat prophecies. I'm a man, I love prophecy and I love, and I tell uh, anyone who will listen we're supposed to be prophetic we're supposed to be prophetic people uh, there's a difference between old testament prophecy and new testament prophecy we have to know the difference but 1 corinthians 14, 1 is very clear we should pursue love but it also the one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest gifts we should pursue is also is prophecy that that we in fact we should all prophesy and so how does that happen that's a whole pro, that's a podcast for a different time but but false prophets push their agenda wrong prophets are Repentable, right? So this is a false prophet. I've had prophets declare people are going to win the World Cup. They didn't even qualify, win Super Bowls. Prophets who've continued to preach, uh, prophesy political stuff. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Unfortunately, given a really bad name to biblical prophecy. All right, go, let's go on here. As all the, and all the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, go up to Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, verse 13, the messenger went to get Micaiah said to him, look, all the prophets are, prying, are promising victory to the Lord. So this is the messenger now getting in Micaiah's ear as they're going to the kings. He's saying, listen, they're all prophesying victory. Be sure you agree with them and promise victory as well. Wow, wow, wow. Getting in the ear. How many times have we let culture, somebody, the enemy get into our ear? How many times have we let ourselves get into our heads and our ears and tell us things that aren't true? But here's Micaiah being tempted to go ahead and, and, and go, uh, agree with all the other prophets, even though all the other prophets are very, very wrong. So uh, when Micaiah, um, or in verse 14, he says, Micaiah replies, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. Is, 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 do you have what's going to be on your tombstone marked out yet? Do, do you have your epitaph? made yet? Do uh, do you have whatever, however you're going to be remembered? Do you have your nameplate figured out yet? If you don't, can I suggest a suggestion? I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. Now for that to happen, guys, we've got to know the Lord. For that to happen, we best know the character and the heart of our God. Amen? We best know the Holy Spirit within us. Micaiah arrives before the king. Ahab asks him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Verse and continu- continuation of verse 15. Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yes, go up and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. <laughs> so, however, he said it, look at verse 16. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Come on. (laughs) Seriously? Okay, you can't have it both ways, Ahab. You're all bent out of shape because you hate the guy, because he doesn't prophesy anything good for you, because you're not working with the Lord. You're not for the kingdom of God. And now he's declaring the very thing that is the character of Micaiah. Micaiah's character is what? I'm going to speak only what the Lord says. So here he is saying, How many times have I told you to speak only the truth? You don't want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Sorry, Jack Nicholson. But you can't. you don't want the truth. You just want to be told what your little itching ears want to hear. And Micaiah was just simply being sarcastic. And obviously, uh, uh, Ahab at least has the common sense enough and the wherewithal to pick up on the sarcasm. Verse 17, he says this. Uh, Micaiah tells what. once the king replies sharply to him, Micaiah says, In a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. you got to get this, right? Who's the master of these sheep? Ahab. Didn't I tell you, verse 18, didn't I tell you, Ahab, the king of Israel, didn't I tell you, he exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Maybe he's not prophesying anything but trouble for you because you make trouble for yourself by not following the Lord. You're the king of Israel, for goodness sakes, Ahab. Why are you following all these other prophets, using these prophets. You have been influenced by Jezebel. You don't have a spine to stand on. And yet you're blaming Micaiah for all the trouble you've had. Isn't that that, that like us though sometimes? We blame the Lord sometimes for troubles that we bring upon ourselves. Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. Now this gets really weird really quick, okay? And we won't have the time to go deep into this, but just understand this is the, now he says this is the vision. So this is a vision, say say vision. But again, there's also evidence that this might actually happen as well. We see this in the very first chapter of Job. I'll continue, verse 20 of this chapter. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed. There were many suggestions. And finally, a spirit this is Ruach, not Ruach HaKadosh. Remember, Ruach means spirit, wind, and breath. But a Ruach, a spirit, approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do it? The Lord asked, verse 22. And the spirit replied, Ruach replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Verse 23. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit, and this is, now, this is now Micaiah speaking to the rest of the people around him. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced you your doom. So understand the vision really quick. The vision is a vision, all right? But you do see in Job 1 where the council, somehow or another, the, the, appears to us, the maybe Father, Son, Holy Spirit, having kind of a, a, an angelic council meeting. Well, who's in the angelic council meeting? In the book of Job, Satan shows up, roaming to and fro, looking for someone to devour, but in this case, looking for someone to test, right? And... God even says, have you considered my man Job? Ugh. Hard, hard book, but that's, that's what it reads, and we have to wrestle with that. Well, here, this is a vision. So let's make sure we're clear. Micaiah is talking about a vision, but it's also, I think, a vision based on some truth and some reality. All right, so here's it. here it is, here it is. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenea, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the Ruach HaKadosh leave me? to speak to you. Wow. Since when did the Ruach HaKadosh, Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, when did he leave you? When did he leave me to speak to you? So Zedekiah is is kind of thrown down saying, the Spirit of God fills me. And Micaiah basically says in verse 25, you will find out soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. So, so here's this contest, right? Here's this battle of spirits, right? The battle of a lying spirit, a deceiving spirit, and the battle of the Holy Spirit who never lies and never deceives. And, and, and we know that Micaiah is led by the Holy Spirit. That's his, that's, his, that's his reputation. You see this from Ahab. But here's Zedekiah who slaps him and insults him saying, when did the Holy Spirit leave me to go to you? Well, let's, hey, bud, listen, let's just be clear. The Holy Spirit probably never was in you. And you're lying through your teeth and you're listening to another spirit. Remember, 1 John tells us to test every spirit. There are are other spirits and any other spirit besides the Holy Spirit will lead you and me into error. Any other spirit, listen, any other spirit besides the Holy Spirit will lead you and I into deception and into lies. Understand, understand that. Only the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. Only the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. Arrest them. The king of Israel ordered, Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them the order from the king Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. And he added these, he added these words to everyone standing around Everyone mark my words. End of the story. Ahab dies. Read the rest of the chapter. Ahab is killed in this battle. He listens to all the other prophets. He goes into battle ill-advised because all his other prophets that he has around him is listening to lying spirits. Only the Holy Spirit can speak the truth. Only the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit. The only Spirit that can speak the truth is the Holy Spirit. Let's make sure we are like Micaiah. We'll say nothing but what the Holy Spirit tells us. And we will stand firm on making sure we hear from him and we speak for him. Amen? Be blessed. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.